All right, we're back. So last episode we finished off talking about you know the CIA and shit and how about they were full of shit. Um, <laughs> let's move on here. Uh, yeah, democracy is a fucking joke. It's always been a joke. It's everyone just... is bought and sold. Yeah, everybody is bought and sold. There's no <laughs> doubt. If you think that your democracy is ever going to actually work, you're fucking stupid. It's never it's, worked. It's very idealist is the problem, and idealistic systems don't. Yeah work in practicality at least not in our modern times in which resources are not you know abundant for everybody in which mm. uh, you know money isn't it, it's a factor because we haven't gone to the point of technology where it's not a factor mm-hmm. only... so yeah idealistic systems won't work until we get to such a technological point that we don't have to worry about re- even yeah, then even is. then you know there's always going to be that one percent of the population at least that's going to be greedy about it so... well i mean if you're at a technological point where you can 100% efficiently recycle resources or damn near 100% and you don't have to worry about money because everybody has everything they need because you can energy to mass or whatever you know then it doesn't matter if there's one that has more because everybody has all their needs settled right that's well, yeah, the idea that's idealism in and of itself that we're going to reach a post <laughs> society we have to survive that long that's right? meta- no, no 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 it's not that we have to survive that long it's that the people I mean, we, we, we you know we have to survive that long obviously but it's the people mm-hmm. that are in control it's not going to happen, you know, flick the switch, now we all have robots that do our work for us, and we're going to replace that in our jobs. No, no. It's going to be, uh, some jobs are going to be replaced. Uh, those people are going to be moved out of their jobs, and uh, they're going to be jobless. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, be able to get the job to replace the machine to fix that. That's a stupid excuse, and I'll tell you why. Because you can make a machine to repair another machine. <laughs> So, and, I mean, there's also less of a need for individuals to do that. It's also specialized labor. So. Yeah, also, instead of yeah. having ten people, you have nine machines that do the job and one guy that repairs them. So, yeah, fuck you. Um, then, thank you for the ear rape. Very cool. Hmm? Um, <laughs> then you have to take into account that, uh, yeah, they're going to get pushed out. Eventually, there's going to be entire companies that operate autonomously besides the CEO. Um... Thank you. Very cool with the ear rape. What is that? What are you talking about? I don't hear that. Your mic is kind of like fucked, man. I am going to viciously bite you. Uh, my cord's going out, I think. I apologize. Alright, alright. So, it's gonna be more of a, why do we need the poor around if we already have all the labor we could possibly need? Well, there won't be rich and poor if you achieve the level that I was speaking of. No, no, because no. everybody will have everything they need. You won't have to have money to go buy food. You no, won't no, have no. To There's going to be another. maybe 200 robots that serve, you know, one CEO. But why does that yeah. CEO need other poor people? You know, There's you're going to have a whole lot of poor people that don't have jobs and uh, don't have, you know, pretty much anything. We can already see it. Our water is being replaced by coke. Our apartments are getting smaller every year. But there's not gonna. Why? Why would they help us? Why would they go out of their way to help the poor if they don't need to? I mean, you still have to sustain the population. Why? Well, <laughs> otherwise, you go extinct. What do you mean? Well, you have a well, percent we of society that can. Yeah, we already have too many people. Number one. Number two. Uh, yeah, they have the one percent of society that is going to be sustained. Okay. You only need about 2,500 people at the most, at the absolute most. I think it was 250 is how many, you know, people to actually, you know, 
continue a human um, society in perpetuity. So why mm -hmm. would you need more than 1% of the society? I don't believe that was ever a part of the discussion. I fully acknowledge that if there is a point in time in the future in which everything is provided for everybody, then there will probably be less everybody's. That's fine. I won't be around to see it, for one. And for two, well, it doesn't matter that the population is smaller. It only well, matters I mean, that everybody's provided people, for Why would the eh. rich who own the robots provide for them? How do you mean? The rich people own all the robots. The robots do all the work for the rich people. What the do robots the poor people do? do the work for everybody. There is no poor people. There is just people, and then there is autonomous units that produce for everybody else. There's no ownership. The idea has been abolished because everything is provided by... And who abolished the idea? The government? I mean... I suppose? But yeah, the you government, put it that way. The government is owned by the rich. I mean... Why would the rich need to help us if instead they can just, you know, have all of that for themselves? Do you assume that in the future that people will hoard resources simply because they can and not for a particular reason? Yes. Why? I mean, if they because can do they it see that someone now. else. There are <laughs> people, now, like, are limited. There are people, think, like... If a company well, started making slave robots today, that would be purchased by a whole lot of companies. Well, and those resources companies, are still limited today, though. Those robots would have to acquire resources to be produced, for one, and for two, to use those resources to do things, produce things. Yes, but they would, slowly re they would slowly replace the worker. And if the worker doesn't sure. have a job, he can't provide for himself. And the robot that is currently being introduced isn't going to provide for him either because he's not doing it for free. He's doing it for the company, and the company is not going to do something for free. The company is going to act for its own profit at all times. Right. <laughs> yes, it's sure. all male robots, no female robots. <laughs> this is the word of God. Women do not exist in this perfect world. So, <laughs> I suppose this is the idea that a utopia exists where, you know, it's everything be, is provided for. It's so there is no poverty. There is no wealth. I everything see that is happening for the no rich, somebody... but that's not going to happen for the poor. They don't I mean, need to. If such a system was created, that means that resources are no longer a problem. So how could there be a rich or a poor? Well, Everybody's how would a system be created like that? If you have autonomous labor, you still have an issue of resources, number one. And number two, uh, labor is the ultimate source of you know civilization. And if an entire portion of society no longer needs labor, then they're not really going to care about the rest I mean, of society, is what I'm saying. But... Right, they're going to dedicate themselves to other such tasks as their own pleasures, or yes. this, that, or another what research, whatever. Yes, if there was, or one... they will progress to the point where they no longer care, and society will exist as it did in what uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one that covered that, or uh... <sighs> yes, that was the one where everybody basically exists for their own leisure because you know there's no reason to care about anything anymore because everything's provided for you. Yeah, consider that was brave new world. That was also part of Dune, but I don't know. No, Brave New World is the one about, like, hedonism destroying us. Moving on, the point is that if there was one global corporation, okay, let's call it Hyperion Corporation, because I like Borderlands, <laughs> and they replaced all of their workers with robots, and all of their workers was literally everybody, okay? Mm -hmm. 
they wouldn't need this entire useless resource sink of a population. Rather, they would just need the top 1% of their own company that does provide for them. So... Then what are those robots doing? Those robots... robots What are they doing? Providing for the the company. So you need less and less robots then. Eventually everything diminishes to nothing? No. Or do you continue to exist a large company of robots that produce, say, food for a large population of people that effectively do nothing at all? Right? Otherwise, you only need a couple robots. Like... Hell, a single robot should be able I mean, to produce yeah, after they all die off, person, right? After they all die off, yeah. But sure. I mean to say that these companies will not benefit from just charitably helping everybody, and it will be the companies that own everything, not the government. Right. And so, therefore, because the companies are not going to need workers, they won't uh, be investing in workers. So, no, it's not just going to be a post-scarcity. It's going to be a, okay, the workers are all going to get phased out. Now, they don't have jobs or a reason to, you know, have anything given to them. And that's going to be the system. And you can't fight against that either unless you have an open war. And then you're going to be fighting against AI and robots. Hmm. So, just the point is that what you're thinking about is a solution where it's, you know, post-scarcity socialism, basically. Am I wrong? No, that's basically the idea I was depicting is yeah, post- Yeah, but we're not socialist. We're capitalist as fuck. Well, we're only capitalist because we have to be. Because if everything was provided for me, are you telling me you'd still be a capitalist? If, if you could sit on your ass all day and reach your hand over to your left and whatever you wanted to eat or drink appeared, basically, would you really care about money? I'd work to have a nicer dog? place to enjoy that in. That's true, but sure. what I'm saying is we're not ca- we're not just going to up and not be capitalist. We're not going to up no. and become socialist. But this is also a depiction in the extreme far future, past which all our problems are problems. Like this is the this is the ultimate kind of logical conclusion of the human condition, right? This Hopefully. is the point at which we no longer have to worry about things because those problems have been solved. And the only thing we have to look forward to now is the ultimate inevitables you know the destruction of the world per se and God, then that after that sounds like it sucks i just want right? eternal war forever okay i just want to grill so no what i'm saying is that's not gonna happen there's no reason for the rich to help us at all i mean in that i guess but in doing so they help themselves but i suppose there is a world in would which the rich help themselves thing. by having robots feed us <laughs> There's more of us than there is of them. Yes, but they, they have robots. Honestly, create a system in which uh, autonomous system, whatever, can create all the resources necessary to exist in society, and they leave it to themselves. Do you think that would really be sustainable? If it was the only amount, them, the magnitude of the outrage would be beyond anything that would be controllable. So it would have to be a war, or it would have to be a dissolve so either way the problem solved so if there's a war everything that goes against it dies or wins and the problem solved either way right i mean you can <laughs> consider genocide to about, be a but... solution i guess but we're, we're, we're severely off topic here one. yeah a little um, bit only a lot the point is that a government that serves the will of the poor rather than the will of the people will not effectively help them if that sort of thing happens and we obviously do have a government that supports only the rich and serves their needs yeah that's very true serves the poor 
as a you know sort of you know paying face um paying face that was stupid paying lip service and saving oh, face. to prevent an uprising paying face yeah and it's actually worth noting that an uprising in the United balance. States would absolutely go in the favor of the rebels and would absolutely the United States government would be destroyed utterly yes it's actually quite uh, fragile i did an episode of the podcast uh you know one of the first episodes you can go back and look at it viewers if you want to see it moving on um so yeah democracy is a fuck up it's a mistake um there's always going to be oligarchies the only government that actually successfully ran a democracy for any reasonable amount of time and was beneficial was it uh was Muammar Gaddafi's Libya and it's also worth noting that that wasn't really in effect a democracy either because Muammar Gaddafi had a huge cult of personality surrounding him and because he could just make suggestions um and have those suggestions implemented basically because everybody was like ah yes that's a good suggestion uh he was able to effectively change the law with his word even if it was democratically Hmm. and he held no actual position um that's worth noting uh but yeah that was the only democracy that ever successfully existed and yeah it existed successfully not only it couldn't exist nowadays realistically but it existed successfully because the means of uh producing news and producing you know writings and media were all owned not by the state or any individual corporation but they were owned in trust by the people themselves and because of that uh nobody profited if the media lied about something so the media would always do its best to serve the people because if not the people could you know basically elect whoever was leading that out it wasn't a perfect system to be sure but it was definitely a step up from what we have now where you know covid the people that owned the media uh made immense amounts of profit and they can pretty much do anything and they're neo nobility um oh god being ruled by them yeah <laughs> nowadays we couldn't do that not because of uh you know the actual ownership of the companies but because uh media social media uh, you have all these people that have all these followers. Uh, some random hick from, I don't know, Alabama could have a million followers. And when he says something and makes a good point, a million people are going to go, hmm, let's repeat that. And that's a good idea. You know, you convince one man to do it, and if he convinces his followers to do it, you've convinced a huge portion of society that's just absolutely disproportionate to the amount of people, uh, to what his actual station is. He casts a long shadow, is what I'm saying. And uh, moving moving on past all of that, democracy is fucky. Um, dictatorship can be good. And historically, it has been good in most cases. You can actually notice that uh, most of the dictators that you see don't uh, hide behind bulletproof glass or something. They're out walking amongst their people. Which isn't to say that all dictators are good, but dictatorship itself is not bad and the only justification for wanting uh you know to get rid of a good dictator is but i want to be in power and you can't trust those people hmm. yeah it seems like 
That could also be like generating, seen as like generating a cult of personality though. Like, I am one of you. I yeah. walk among you. That's true, but... I am your friend. I... Friend! <laughs> no, don't pull out the Chamberlain. <laughs> so... But like, they, like, uh, what, uh, Tito did. Yeah. He would f fucking ride around on like a horse, like he grew up on a farm and shit, so he'd just be like, look, it me, country boy. I just now wear a fancy uniform, yes? <laughs> like, you could say it's insidious, but like, I mean, it's a good way of like endearing the people to you. you Remember know? in Iran when they had a monarchy, and the Shah was beloved by the people, and then they threw him out, and they replaced him with a democracy, and that democracy forced everybody to follow strict Sharia law, and it was basically a dictatorship slash theocracy. I remember yeah. that. Um, on the topic of that, uh, yeah, also, uh, regarding, um, freedom of speech and shit like that, uh, if we were to implement a new monarchy, uh, it would have to, it wouldn't be a monarchy in the strictest sense, because monarchy by definition is not just, you know, whoever is a dictator, because what would the difference between dictators and monarchs? The difference is that a monarch holds a special cultural value to the people they rule, either as a ceremonial person, like, you know, the Emperor of Japan, or like a lot of the European monarchs that just don't actually have power, or, or are they the actual dictator dictator? Uh, I'd argue that Kim Jong-un, although not actually a... Uh, not actually holding the title of emperor of, you know, Korea or anything like that, which he could, uh, is a monarch because after this many generations, the title that uh, he holds is definitely monarchical at this point, and his family is in the succession line, and that's pretty much the only line of succession that's possible. And because of that, I believe that uh, Kim Jong-un is a monarch even if most people just call him a dictator. I don't believe that a lot of uh, monarchs were actually monarchs, but rather were dictators. An example of this would be Emperor Bakasa of the Central African Empire, or, you know, just a whole lot of uh, examples of that. Um, Napoleon was not a dictator. Um, after he took the title of emperor, he became a monarch because the people started to see him as the monarch and as a symbol rather than just a leader. He, they began to see him and his family as permanent, as an actual part, part of the civilization rather than a part of the government itself. So there's, there's the difference, folks, in case you were wondering. Um, and you can take my word on that and not on whatever history degree you have fucking about with and on college because uh, I've studied monarchy for quite a long time and uh, your college professors are fucking stupid. So, <clears throat> I study monarchy. Yep. The uh, the Northern Kingdom of Haiti, okay, was had this system of corvées, and oh wait, I'm getting off topic. I wasn't done making my point. Constitutional feudalism, absolutist monarchy. 
That's a lot of words. Yeah, make the nobles have limitations, very strict limitations, so that they can't be fucky-wucky with it. And they have their responsibilities, and if they fail in their responsibilities, they have a privilege of succession, which means that they can be taken away from them the same way that, um, you know, one ruler systems work uh, by Machiavelli's uh, interpretation, where there's several princes versus where there's one prince. Uh, this would be the middle ground, where it's entirely stable, yes, but you can pull out pieces of that stability if you really need to, like if they get too tyrannical or, you know, rebellious. So constitutional feudalism, absolutist monarchy, give the monarch the ability to do everything he needs to do. Obviously, don't make it so that he can just rape someone. That's a stupid thing. People think that that uh, was a, you know, some sort of problem in medieval times where the monarch was just going around raping somebody. Uh, the monarch can get whatever pussy he wants. Thank you very much, first off. Second off, uh, no. The the royal family or whatever, or, you know, the court itself would be able to check him on these things and have. In uh, ancient China, they uh, have had several different, you know, overthrows and assassinations. And even in Rome, that was a big thing uh, where if you acted fucky-wucky for no reason, you get fucked on. <laughs> I'm a poet. Um, <laughs> so no, it's not some sort of, oh, but he's the king, we have to do what he says. It's no, if the king starts acting nuts, you displace that motherfucker. And maybe, you know, if you know, you either remove his powers and have somebody else rule in effect, like as a regent, which is what happened in uh, Charles V's Spain, you know, the one that you see all the times with the memes because he looks like he has Down syndrome or some shit like that. <laughs> His face is melting. He definitely was ugly, there's no denying that. But <laughs> he had a regent and a council that basically ruled for him. Uh, that's the case whenever that sort of thing happens. It's not just like a, you know, we're just going to let the king rape. No, that's not what happens most of the time in some cultures it was nobody can deny what some of the chinese did some of the chinese emperors did to the concubines was fucking weird but uh yeah that's the point so yeah and the new system that i have in mind first off instead of using the title of lord or you know uh county commissioner I mean, or something. Like, okay, instead of using the title of lord or count or duke or king, it uses, you know, mayor, uh, county commissioner, you know, governor, king, not, president, sorry. Because most people aren't going to associate that with what's actually going on if an apocalypse were to happen. They'd be like, ah, oh, yes, there's elections. When? Never? Okay, that's fine. They'll probably get around to it. No. <laughs> It would, in effect, be feudalism, but just with the names changed to be uh, more, uh, you know, Republican in nature. So that's the sort of system that I'm that I'm uh, opting for with government. Uh, I was uh, like I was saying with the Northern Kingdom of Haiti, you had uh, Henry, the first of Northern Kingdom of Haiti, who declared himself king and was crowned he 
ruled. I can almost, I can hear something. What's that? Sorry. Apologies. All right. Um, he ruled and he had the system of corvées, which is basically, instead of paying money to the government, you would do some free labor for the government every so often. And uh, this enabled basically feudalism in uh, northern Haiti. And it produced the greatest uh, system that any African uh, black nation has ever seen. Like, you can say that the Kingdom of Mali was prosperous and shit. No. The Kingdom of Mali built a palace out of dirt bricks. Okay? <laughs> the Kingdom of Mali was out here trading all this gold for salt. And the Kingdom of Mali was just all around a particularly, uh, you know, awful... Um... Here, uh, Moist just messaged me. Uh <laughs> what a timing. I'll, I said, uh, yeah, one second. The Kingdom of Mali was not nearly as powerful as what everybody says they are. Um, they just had a lot of gold, and it didn't mean as much as what we do, as what, like, gold meant to the Europeans. It's like if you had rocks, and you went to a place that only had dirt, and they're like, oh my god, you have rocks? Like, that's it. Like, that's it. So... <laughs> It wasn't exceptionally great for an African kingdom. It made no exceptional, you know, advancements in technology or anything like that. He actually went to uh, make his travel to Mecca and crashed the economy because he spent so much gold and caused immense disruption, which is funny if you think about it. Like, <laughs> imagine spending so much gold and doing something like that and, uh going there to show generosity and buy a bunch of things, and then uh, actually fucking them up immensely. That sounds par for the course for African dictators. Say, so that sounds kind of like modern economics. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, in the Kingdom of Northern Haiti, it was the greatest system that ever existed for blacks, because uh, it had corvées, and they produced enough sugar that they made an immense amount of wealth, uh, they produced more than enough food, which is uh, in stark contrast to the south, southern Haiti at the time, which produced uh, pretty much not enough food to feed themselves and uh, produced no money at all, basically. Um, and he actually brought in several teachers and built some universities and actually built several palaces and fortresses so that the French couldn't actually retake northern Haiti if they tried. If the French were to have invaded northern Haiti, they would have gotten clapped. This I promise you. So, this system in northern Haiti that produced all of these resources and all this stuff because of the corvée system, in the event that there's a collapse or you know something like that, and even just before a collapse while colonizing an area, I'm going to use a corvée system and basically do neo-feudalism because it would be constitutional, everybody would have rights, everybody would not be able to abuse one another, the lords wouldn't be able to abuse one another. It would be everything that feudalism got right and none of what it got wrong. And because the people were doing the work that and you know giving the money, it would it would be provided to the government and all that stuff. It, the government needs them to be like the goal of a business is to produce money. The goal of a government is to sustain itself and in the event of this particularly, it's helping sustain itself by helping the people 
uh, be happy and be prosperous because it's a monarchy and the king already owns everything. So why does he need to, you know, throw a fit about money and shit? Um, yeah, so gonna use all of that to make free housing for the people. Housing would be seen as a right. Gonna use that to make all of these, you know, agricultural system changes so that everybody was able to eat and then some. Gonna use that to produce enough food for everybody, enough housing for everybody, enough for everybody's needs, and then, and then we'll use, you know, cottage industry to, you know, build whatever else. And that's good. That's peaceful. That's it. That's all. That's all the government needs to do. Nothing else. Everything else can just go along and advance as necessary with technology, with chemistry, with all of that. Especially if the government, you know, saves all of the information that it can and then makes that information publicly available. By and large, all this information is already written. Yep, it's written. It just needs to be saved because if it's on the computer and the computer goes to fuck, that's not good news. And it would be lost. And after the fall of, uh, you know, industrial manufacturing, there's no way to actually get computers. Except for, like, maybe, maybe some, some cottage manufacturing or, like, that sort of deal. But you can't, you know... You'd have to reinvent the wheel or scrap. Yeah, you'd have to reinvent the wheel or, you know, use scrap to, you know, cobble together computer systems that would also have a lifespan and would not be sustainable. Uh, actually, right. I've been looking into the Z80 processor chip that's used in, you know, it's been in production since the 70s, it's in the Sega Genesis, it's in calculators, it's in a lot of other shit. It lasts 33 years. So that's what I'm interested in right now. I want to figure out how to, you know, produce that kind of thing. All right, we just hit 30 minutes. Um, check back next episode. We're going to talk about sustainable weapons after an apocalypse. And we're going to talk about any energy via ocean seaweed. All right. Later.